Mitch McConnell, Dianne Feinstein, and others ignited debate on whether someone can be too old to serve. The assault on free speech continues. Plus, Joe Biden's dealings with Hunter continue to expose the Biden crime family. All that and more. I'm Bobby Everly. This is a 13-minute news hour. God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Friday. Hope you had a great week. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with the age issue in Washington, D.C. And we'll start with Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell, who has had not one, but two complete freeze-ups while making public statements in the past month. Earlier this year, McConnell had a bad fall and had a concussion. Now, whether these freeze-ups are a result of the concussion or something else is debatable, but it's raising questions on whether McConnell can do his job despite doctors apparently giving McConnell a clean bill of health. Here's McConnell from last month. After finishing the NDA uh, this week, it's been good bipartisan cooperation and a string of Complete freeze. Nobody knew what was going on. Yet afterward, the pronouncement was that, oh, Mitch is fine. Nothing to see here. But then last week, it happened again. Okay. Senator, you're up for election in three short years. What are your thoughts on that? I'm sorry, I had a hard time hearing you. That's okay. What are your thoughts on running for re-election in 2026? What are my thoughts about what? Running for re-election in 2026. Oh. That's right. Did you hear the question, Senator? Running for re-election in 2026? All right, I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute. In that incident, McConnell actually froze even longer. His team allowed for another question, and McConnell froze during that one, too. But this week, McConnell said he's in great shape and ready to go. Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell insisting there's no reason for him to step down. I'm going to finish my term as leader and I'm going to finish my Senate term. Pressed about his health, the 81-year-old saying his doctor's report said everything. What Dr. Monahan's report addressed was concerns people might have that some things that happened to me did happen. Well, they didn't. I think he pretty well covered the subject. So this leads to a larger question that has been coming up a lot lately. Can someone be too old to serve? Should there be an age limit on the president and members of Congress? Some think so. Republican Representative John James from Michigan introduced a resolution this week for a constitutional amendment which would impose an upper age limit on the president, vice president, and members of Congress. The relevant part of the resolution states that a person could not run for an office if, quote, at any time during the term, the person will be 75 years of age or older. Here's more from NBC News. Age now a major political issue. Some Democrats have called on 90-year-old Senator Dianne Feinstein to resign, and voters also have concerns about 80-year-old President Biden. A recent poll finding 77% of Americans, including 69% of Democrats, think the president is too old to serve another term. 
Dianne Feinstein is literally wheeled in, told how to vote, and wheeled out. That means the staff is running the show and not the person elected by the voters. Now, do I think there should be upper age limits? No, I don't. But I do think there should be term limits, and that would solve the problem. Two terms for the Senate, six terms for the House. This still gives legislators a chance to build seniority and move up on committees. It also prevents someone from becoming part of the Washington, D.C. swamp for 30, 40, or even 50 years. If a person can handle the job, age shouldn't be an issue. The reason it's coming up now is because Biden, Feinstein, and others can't handle the job. In their case, age is an issue, and those people around these elected officials should tell them that it is time to call it a career. In, in Biden's case, if he does make it to be the nominee, which I don't think he will, it will be up to all of us to send him home. All right, next let's talk about free speech. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Okay, next let's talk about free speech because the Democrats and those on the left know that to transform America into a Marxist regime means that opposing voices must be silenced. And thus, we have seen this collusion between the media, big tech, and government to shut down conservative opinions, to ban news stories, and to amplify what the left is doing. The assault on free speech went to a new level during the 2020 elections, and it continues to this day. During a hearing of the new Arizona House Ad Hoc Committee on Oversight, Accountability, and Big Tech, a Democrat representative actually laments the idea of free speech. Um, and so I think that's where I think free speech gets very dangerous. Fortunately, free speech advocate James Kerwin from the Mountain States Legal Foundation had great comments to Democrat Cesar Aguilar's questions. The, the United States Constitution does not have an exception for mistaken statements. It does not have an exception even for uh, lies. Um, that's, that is the case. It is the price that we pay for a free society that sometimes there's information that goes out that, you know, in, with the omniscience of, um, of knowing what exactly is true and what is false, you might say that's false. This points up a real problem with this kind of question, though, I think, is that you are presupposing in this question that you know what is true and what is false. And that's the key point. The left wants to be arbiters of the truth. They want to tell the American people what is true and what is false. But of course, that is given through their leftist lens. They deem conservative thought to be false. So they label it not as a difference of opinion, but as dangerous, as misinformation, and thus, it must be banned. Colleges and universities were once the bastions of free speech where people could come together and debate ideas. Far removed from the man who was keeping them down, now colleges and universities have become the man, and they are leading the way in promoting an oppressive environment where only certain beliefs are allowed and only certain opinions are heard. And Harvard is leading the way. Congratulations are in order for Harvard, a school that has officially been named 2023's worst school for free speech. The university earning the title from the Foundation of Individual Rights in Education, a coalition that seeks to promote uh, academic freedom. The nonprofit gives the Ivy League school a failing grade of zero out of 100, citing calls for punishment against nine Harvard professors and researchers over things they wrote or said. And so we see the assault continuing. 
But there is a bright spot, and that's you and me. Grassroots conservatives are speaking out. We've shown the collusion. We've demonstrated the election interference. Will the left continue to try to shut us down? Of course. But we have the numbers, and our voices will not be silenced. All right, next let's talk about Joe Biden and the hole he finds himself in that keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper. As we know, Ukrainian officials have admitted Biden took bribes to shut down investigations into a Ukrainian company of which Hunter Biden was a member of the board. More and more information comes out each day, and the public is certainly turning away from Sleepy Joe and realizing that something illegal is going on. All right, so a new CNN poll. CNN shows 61% think Biden, 61% of Americans think Biden had at least some involvement in his son's business deals. 61%, 42% say his actions were flat out illegal. 18% say at least unethical. As the polling continues to get worse for Biden, both overall and on these corruption allegations, the U.S. House is getting closer and closer to opening up an official impeachment investigation. Here's more about what the House is digging up. This week, the House Oversight Committee revealed new emails uh, showing that the former vice president's team, way back in 2015, uh, colluded with Hunter's business partners to stop media stories about Burisma, the energy company, and the owner of which says he paid Joe Biden a $5 million bribe. So that's all well and good, but the real question is, will anything happen? Will yet another investigation lead to some real consequences for the Democrats? House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer thinks so, and an impeachment inquiry may be on the horizon. Well, thank God that uh, most Americans get their news from alternative sources other than uh, the mainstream media. Yeah. Just think what that number would be if the mainstream media had just covered the facts, just covered the evidence that we've uncovered. Now, with respect to where we're going, uh, I do believe that we have the votes for impeachment inquiry. I think that uh, with the revelation of all these emails, you know, that uh, Joe Biden was communicating with Hunter Biden about his business, about all of the corruption that he was involved in, I think that was the straw that broke the, the camel's back with a few of the Republicans that were a little nervous about going the route of impeachment inquiry. I know Comer mentioned some hesitancy among other members. But the main person to convince is House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Whether true or not, Comer says McCarthy may be coming around. Right. Well, I think that uh, the House will vote in September. Now, this is all up to Kevin McCarthy, but he and I have had several conversations. I know Jim Jordan has spoken with him many times as well. Uh, I would predict that in uh, the middle of September, we have a vote. I would predict that it passes, and I will predict that we will use that uh, with all these government agencies that are refusing to turn over valuable information like the National yeah. Archives. We'll use that with the banks when we're in court. So what do you think? Will the McCarthy-led House open impeachment hearings or will we have just business as usual? Let me know in the comments. And so we've had a host of politicians showing their age, leftist attacks on free speech, plus Joe Biden's corruption. We need to ask them, do you have a relaxed brain? I got what you call like, I don't know, a relaxed brain. First, let's start with Kamala Harris because she recently acknowledged that she has always been inept and incompetent. In an interview with CBS News, Harris was asked about the ongoing criticism she's receiving from Republicans. They're talking about seniors, what you would do as president as being a risk. They're honing in on you. Why do you think that is? How do you respond to those attacks? 
That's not about policy, that's about you. Listen, this is not new. There's nothing new about that. Wow. First you have that grin and blank stare, and then Harris says, yep, that's not new. There's nothing new there. Of course not, because ever since Harris paraded around as Montel Williams' girlfriend or dated former San Francisco Mayor Willie Brown, we've known she's a little dim. And then we have these headlines from the Babylon Bee. Biden comforts hurricane victims by talking about time the urinal splashed back at him a little. Ah, yes, our president, who supposedly has just so much empathy. And then, isn't it interesting what happens when illegal aliens show up at the door of a liberal? Eric Adams calls Texas to ask if they have any more of those cowboy guys with the whips. Classic. All these sanctuary cities aren't so welcoming anymore. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And remember, today's show's one sheet is available to Patreon supporters using the link in the description. The one sheet gives you the links to all the videos and stories used on today's show, so you can dive even deeper into each issue. And with that, our next show will be Monday evening at the usual time. Until then, I'm Bobby Everly. This is the 13-Minute News Hour.